0: And greetings. It is a fine, a lovely evening here in Tirana. Good to have you along. Skull's here along with Alex Luchaferro. He is doing all the heavy living, the, uh, the the brains of the operation, courtesy of Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP. You can reach out to uh, Alex any time we're not doing this lovely half hour of radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you have questions about uh, your work life, your job, your employment situation, Maybe you're an employer or an employee, maybe a former employee or about to become one. You want to reach out. Don't get the misinformation and do not sign anything for sure. Make that phone call first. The main topic, and luckily I'm asking the questions, not answering them, termination of employment pop quiz. I'll be throwing these yours uh, your way, Alex. But first, you got a uh, something to discuss, case of the day. What's going on with you, pal?
1: Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Great to be here as always. We did it. Another uh, work day is in the books. Yep. Uh, John, well and truly into the work week now. And of course, even better than that, we're back for another edition of uh, this wonderful show, the Employment Law Show, talking all of our favorite subjects, workplace rights, severance, temporary layoffs. You name it, really anything under the sun if it has to do with your work. And that's what we do, John, as you very well know, all day every day we speak to people who thank us for doing this show, thank us for informing the public on what their legal rights are when it comes to employment law, when it comes to workplace law. And listen, our callers on this show are a huge part of that, John, as you very well know, no matter how big or how small you think your problem is it's always an important one Uh, and again we say this all the time but it's so true you can't let problems at work fester situations that fester if you're dealing with a difficult boss or if you're dealing with some sort of change in your workplace oftentimes those situations become worse not better as time goes on they become more complicated they become more difficult to resolve so you want to get advice on whatever issue you're dealing with really as quickly as possible right away and not only that but by calling in and asking your question not only you're giving you're giving us a chance to help resolve your own workplace problem but trust me you're helping a lot of other people out there as well who are dealing with the exact same kind of issue uh as you are so please we want to hear from you it's your chance to speak with an employment lawyer uh and as you mentioned uh, John to get us warmed up for the show tonight and as we typically do uh we start off the show with a segment we call the case of the day it's an opportunity to talk about a matter, uh, as I was just describing, someone who was in a desperate situation, struggling at work, and needed to reach out to somebody and have a conversation about how they fix that problem. And so this lady reached out to us and was put in touch with me, uh, John, and I spoke with her just this afternoon. Uh, I mean, really about an hour and a half ago, we were on the phone uh, together. So let me lay out the situation here briefly, uh, John. This was a lady uh, who was in an account executive role, it's basically mm-hmm. a sales position, uh, John, but high-level stuff. She was in the tech sector working in uh, sales, making a very good income, uh, a combination of base salary and commission pay. She had only been with the company for about three years or so, uh, uh, John, so a decent stint with the same employer, but she's not an, an extraordinary long-service employee interestingly her performance record john has been stellar i mean last year she was one of the top salespeople within the company and the company is an international one by the way so that is no small feat for somebody to be in the top three of of salespeople worldwide to the extent john that this year she uh... she's going on a uh... all-paid-for trip Uh, to Italy actually uh, and as a reward for her performance and lo and behold John and this is something we see quite often uh, after only a couple of weeks of having a performance review and being told that she was a top top performer really out of nowhere her employer came to her and put her on a performance improvement plan Hmm. Now, for those of you do, that don't know, a performance improvement plan is effectively uh, a document that outlines concerns that an employer has with respect to the employee's uh, performance. It's usually one step along the uh, line of progressive discipline that an employer will implement if they're trying to correct behavior, of course, but also along the path of potentially a termination of employment. So this lady found herself in a very strange space, uh, John, where on the one hand, just a couple of weeks ago, she was being praised from her performance, albeit I guess her performance last year, but you know, just a couple of weeks later, she's being criticized and being told that her performance needs to improve or else. And she's upset, obviously, by the situation. She's worried that her employer is trying to line her up for a termination. Uh, and wanted to know what she should do in the circumstances in order to protect her rights, protect her interests, and make sure that she's doing things properly as she moves through this process. So, I gave her, uh, a John, and what I wanted to relay to our listeners this evening are some fundamental tips for this kind of situation. Again, when you're dealing with criticism of your performance or what we call a performance improvement plan. Right. Number one as any employee out there, if you disagree with the performance criticisms, you have to respond in writing to your employer. You have to effectively, uh, formally and officially protest uh, their concerns and put that in writing so that you have a record of it moving forward if it becomes an issue two months from now or six months from now or whenever. Mm-hmm. right? Don't just blindly sign off on a performance improvement plan if you don't agree with it. right? If you don't agree with it and you have... Uh, objective, constructive responses as to why you don't agree with it. Maybe it's about performance metrics or sales quotas, it could be anything, right? Put that in writing, explain why you disagree with it, and that'll be your response. Secondly, John, what I told this individual is this might be a a kind of a power play from the employer. They might be trying to bully her into quitting her employment, making life uncomfortable for her and forcing her to quit. What I told her is, don't quit, play defense in the manner I just described. Play smart defense by again responding to the performance improvement plan. This way, the employer may ultimately have to end up terminating the employee, which is my point number three here and my final point, which is that in this context, John, when this employee for three years had phenomenal performance and out of nowhere, they're being put on a performance improvement plan, even if the employer decides to let her go, John and by the way they would have the right to do so there's nothing stopping this employer from letting an employee go they would have the right to let her go but there's no question she would be owed severance here even if they had some performance concerns that were legitimate they would still owe this employee severance her severance entitlements would be based on her age position and years of service the employer doesn't get a discount because it thinks it had performance concerns she's owed her regular full severance entitlements like any other uh, employee, and if ultimately that's what happens, her responding to the performance improvement plan in the way that I suggested she uh, she do protects herself, protects her severance entitlements. For all our employees out there listening to this, if you're being, if you're in that situation where you're dealing with a performance improvement plan and you feel like your employer is trying to kind of put you between a rock and a hard place. Again, the analogy here is play smart defense. Respond measure, in a measured, objective, reasonable way, disagreeing with it. Don't sign the plan, right? And if the employer lets you go, you're still going to be owed your full severance entitlements.
0: And with that, we'll take a short break and get to Steve, who is standing by on the phones. We return right here. The Monday Night Edition Employment Law Show is continuing. Stand by. You're back. Thank you for hanging on. Yeah, the best part is answering the phone calls and talking to you. So we'll uh, we'll get that happening right now, Steve. Thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you?
2: I'm not too bad, and yourself.
0: Good, sir. What's on your mind?
2: Um, I work for a company that works all year round, and um, they they consider as a seasonal company, even though we work all year round. And I was just curious on how the overtime works with
1: that. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Steve, only because it doesn't really matter kind of what the company does. What matters are your specific terms of employment. So my question to you in response would be, well, are you a seasonal employee? Are you kind of routinely working for a season and then laid off for the winter, for example? Or are you a year-round employee?
2: Oh, well, I'm a year-round employee. I've been with the company for 13 years.
1: Got it. And, you're que- and, and what's the specific job that you do?
2: Um, I'm I'm a driver. I go to the job sites for the company.
1: Okay, and, and so so this is kind of local driving.
2: Uh, for the most part.
1: Got it. Okay, so uh, listen, it, when it comes to overtime, you're certainly owed overtime. If you're a driver, the uh, calculation is is uh, somewhat different, Steve. There's a different. Uh, kind of breaking point for overtime pay for drivers. for regular employees, of course. so depending if you're doing other stuff in addition to driving, you know the regular overtime pay threshold is 44 hours a week. Uh, right for drivers, it's different. So listen, those overtime, to be clear, Steve, those overtime rules apply whether you're working seasonally or not. Uh, uh, right. So if you feel like your employer is not paying you the proper amount of overtime, you're working more than 44 hours a week or more than 50 hours a week and you're not receiving overtime, there may very well be a problem there regardless of whether you're working re- year-round or not. The other okay, issue that uh, comes up here... Yeah, go ahead, Steve.
2: I, I'm a I'm a driver, but I'm only a G driver.
1: Okay. So listen, again, th- there's still going to be an overtime entitlement there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So again, if you're working over 44 hours a week, uh, uh right, there's going to be an entitlement, uh, there, regardless of how many weeks in the year you're working, right? This is a week to week or potentially a bi-weekly analysis. More interestingly, what I was also going to mention, Steve, is if you've been working for the company kind of year in and year out the entire year and all of a sudden they're now telling you that you're a seasonal employee and they're laying you off, for a certain period of time that layoff steve that temporary layoff may be a constructive dismissal it may be a breach of the terms of your employment if you signed up for a full-time year-round gig and now they're changing the rules of engagement on you and calling you a seasonal employee you may have some rights and protections there something to keep an eye out for if you haven't been laid off yet but they're starting to call you a seasonal employee for one reason or another whether it's related to overtime or whether they're trying to lay you off That's a red flag, uh, right? What I might suggest you do is if you can't figure the situation out with your employer directly, give us a call at the office. Of course, John will give you the number as he's done over the course of the show. Let's have a chat privately uh, off air, figure out what the overtime issue is and if you're owed anything there. sounds like you might be. Uh, And if you've been laid off from your work, Steve, that would be
0: something else to address as well.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, they can't lay me off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good. Yeah. Steve, I'll give you the I'll give you the number here, pal. You're gonna call 1-855-821-5900. again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And you can reach out through email as well, help at employment John, you're up next, pal. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you
0: guys? Okay. What's what's going on with you? What's your concern? Uh so I'm in a
3: situation kinda of like what you described at the very beginning where um I was in a role and my performance was pretty good, but then my I had a new boss and we don't seem to see eye to eye, and he approached me the other day saying that my role was re- going to be made redundant, but they're trying to find another role for me mm-hmm. in, the, in the organization. Um, I'm not necessarily wanting to take that other role, so my question is, can I ask for what that role is going to look like and also, what my severance package would look like in writing at the same time, and options.
1: I, I think I think that is something that you have to do, uh, John, because otherwise it'd be very difficult to make a decision as to whether you want to accept that role or what you know what your what the company's severance offer may look like, right? Without something in writing in detail and that's exactly the question i was going to ask you john which is has all of this been in conversation or have you received anything in writing yet
3: i have not received anything in writing and that's kind of the mo of the organization Mm -hmm. i've already taken a restructure of my job about three months ago that i did by good faith um but i'm losing that faith right now a restructure um, so, a
1: restructure meaning your position changed to a degree
3: uh the position didn't change but the accountabilities within the position changed okay so i still have the same jobs title i still have the same uh salary um however they're recognizing my value one side is wrecking my value the other side is recognizing that i'm maybe a threat does that make mm-hmm. sense a new manager coming in sure um we see it often, so, unfortunately. Yeah, so I'm wondering now, The what I'm worried about is if I ask for these two, if I ask for, okay, what are my options in terms of severance versus the new position, um, I just had a performance review of it a month ago, and it was good. This They might try and performance me out. So what is my length of time between... Mm-hmm. Them trying to okay, well, you didn't after you didn't take this, you didn't take this, so we're going to perform and chew up.
1: Yeah, good question. And As I mentioned at the top of the show, John, that's actually uh, not something I'd be overly worried about. Um, how long okay. have you been with the company?
3: Uh, three years.
1: Three years. Okay. Yeah, not something I'd be overly worried about if your performance has been strong to date. Even if they have some concerns with performance, there's no way that they're going to be able to use that to their advantage from a severance negotiation point of view. You're going to be owed your severance no matter what, even if they have okay. some some uh, minor recent concerns about your performance. I'd be more worried about whether that position being offered to you, John, is competitive significant demotion or if it's a significant reduction in your pay, you'd have absolutely no obligation to accept that position and you, okay. and if you decline it well, and they want to let you go, then it would be a termination and you're owed your full severance entitlements.
0: Where things get
1: hairy, uh, John, as, as one last point here, where things get hairy is if the position being offered to you is comparable and it's either at the same rate of pay and same level, let's say, within the company seniority-wise uh... in that kind of situation they can potentially hold that position over you as leverage to reduce your severance
3: entitlements how do you define comparable
1: it's a great question and and uh, you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder of uh, of course but hopefully there's some you know comparable means it has to be roughly the same not exactly the same if we're talking about pay i'd say it has to be within ten percent of what you're currently making if we're talking position it has to be within let's say the same you know level in terms of the company's hierarchy right it can't be viewed as an obvious demotion listen here's my only because we can't you know we we can't go into this uh... in detail uh... live on the air john yeah. and listen this should be obvious by now this is a relatively complicated situation where you need to assess the the position on offer and also assess the severance offer. Uh, Your severance entitlements are going to be potentially significant even as a three-year employee. Uh, I I don't think it's any problem asking your employer to put both in writing. You take that documentation and you give us a call right away and we need to have a chat in detail about what's on offer here.
3: There's no punitive damage by asking for both in writing. Absolutely not. It sounds
1: like you've already been offered them anyway. Uh, right. If the company's serious about this and serious about trying to resolve this, they need to put it in writing.
3: And then, just to confirm. You you mentioned that I could have to potentially take a ten percent pay cut if something is comparable. Is that accurate? What you said? Yeah,
1: not not necessarily. I'd say ten percent might be the threshold where if it's within okay. that ten percent, it might be considered reasonable. It also depends okay. maybe on some of the other components of your compensation whether th- anything is changing there. It also depends on the position as well. It's a it's an analysis of both issues kind of combined, right? Okay. So if the you know if the but it's a significant enough change to your position those two things combined that might be enough for you to quite reasonably refuse it so
3: okay. all right uh, give all
1: right. us a call John once you have that information it'll be a, a, an extremely important conversation uh, to have
0: thanks John gonna move on to uh, to Joel hey Joel thanks for hanging on pal how are you good and you good what's uh, what's on your mind okay
2: so what happened was um, I was transferred to another location in my company and I was supposed to be hired there. They actually went through the process of interviewing me for that location, and and you know I wanted a little bit more money for going there, because it's a little bit further. And uh, anyway, they just let it go. And now what happened is they um, they hired another another guy there for less money than me, and they sent me back to my original location. So I think they're going to use that as leverage because I know what places are closing down. And they're going to say, well, if you want your job, you're going to have to go there for more money, uh, for for the same amount of money. Can they do that, or is that potentially? I, I don't know what, what, what I have to do then.
1: Yeah, is this a new location, Joel, or you would be would you be going back to the location that you originally started at? Exactly. Yeah, so they may be they may be allowed to ask you to go back. It's you know, especially in a situation where they're doing it to keep your employment. Uh, right unless Joel there are some uh, extenuating circumstances like for example if you had to you know move homes or move your family around to accommodate this new location and now it's going to be very difficult for you to move back you know if we're talking about locations that are very far apart you may have the right to take exception to that how what's the distance between these locations where are we talking exactly
2: well we're talking within 100 kilometers.
1: Okay, fair, fair enough. I mean that's close enough. Although if it, if it's if that's within 100 kilometers, you know, across the GTA during rush hour, that, that's a that's a that's a different story, obviously, right? So, uh, so how close? To, give me give me some rough rough locations.
2: About 80 kilometers.
1: Okay. Um, the
2: distance between my home and the, and where I'm working now it's about 20 kilometers, and where I have got to it. go is 80 kilometers.
1: Understood. So when did you when did you I, I initially have, move?
2: I do have emails that saying that, you know, you were gonna interview me and all this and I have that all documented. So to me yeah. I consider that as, you know, a slap in the face and and you know, you're fired. If you don't want this job, then see you later.
1: How long have you been in this new location, Joel? Uh,
2: well I've been there I started there for three, four years and then I moved to this other location for about fourteen years, then I came back and now it's just started again within this past two years to go uh, to go back and forth. Okay. So uh, okay. why did they hire another guy there when they knew they needed me? I-, I don't understand what their logic is.
1: Yeah, it could be a number of could be a number of factors. Number one, they could be trying to force you out, uh, uh, Joel. Also, they can be under the impression that because you've moved kind of a few times over the course of your career there, that you're. That you're kind of open to it, right? That you're one of those guys that are kind of flexible enough that you'd be willing to do it. If it's going to cause you a huge amount of inconvenience, uh, uh, uh Joel, and listen, going from, you know, traveling to work 20 kilometers to going to you know, travel to work to 80 kilometers, right? Is a big difference. Uh, I would, I, I would professionally kind of calmly and coolly resist. Right say listen guys I've done this I've done this in the past I've done it for you before you know I was assured that this that this would be my location for the long term and so I don't agree uh, right I need to stay where where I want to be It might also be important Joel to have a look at any kind of employment contracts that you signed I'd want to know if there's contractually anything that allows them to move you or not If there isn't, no, there isn't and if there isn't that's a good thing your hand is a little stronger uh there okay. Uh, what I would suggest you do is, again, resist, kind of, you know, have a, have a, an honest, open conversation with them to say, I don't agree to, with this, right? I want to stay where I am. And if yeah. they continue to give you a hard time, uh, Joel, we can potentially get involved here, right? And I'm not talking to anything overly aggressive or kind of going at an employer guns blazing, uh, right? Just perhaps laying out, uh, what might be your entitlement here to keep your workplace might be the right way to do it. We might be able to resolve something for you uh, here. It's a tough situation, Joel. I'll tell you this. It's a tough situation only because you have gone back and forth a number of times. If that wasn't the case, right, if this would have been the first time that they've asked you to move, you would have very clearly had the right to say no. The fact that you've gone back and forth does muddy the waters a little bit.
0: And that is it from wall-to-wall phone calls. Thank you so much for reaching out to Alex now that we're done. uh, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night.